This is The Widow Podcast and I am Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I'll be supporting you through the loss of your life partner so you can find a more positive way through your grief. I want to give you hope after loss and to know that when you are ready, you can create a meaningful life for yourself with the help of me, Karen Sutton and The Widow Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Widow Podcast. You are in for a proper little treat today. I have got two (laughs) gems for you. Sal and Im are here to join me from Good Morning Podcast. They are absolute legends in the world of grief and, and do so much. They obviously have their podcast and have just released their book. Good morning. Welcome, Salonim. It's so lovely to finally meet you. I've seen you so much all over Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, doing amazing things and obviously listen to your podcast. And now you're here. So welcome. Oh, likewise, Karen. It's so lovely to be here with you. I feel like we know each other from the from the online interwebs. And yeah, thank you for having us. So good to be here. You guys, you guys are doing such great work, such great work. But I guess before we kind of get into all that, shall we start with your own personal stories, I suppose, of of how you came into the world of of grief, um, how you met each other and and what prompted you to to do all the good that you're now doing in terms of of the podcast. So, Sal, I'll come to you first. Tell us tell us about you and and your mum. So I am originally from the UK, as you can probably hear by the accent, um, but I've lived in Australia for the last nine years. And my mum, Rose, passed away suddenly from, um, it's called SUDEP, and it stands for um, Sudden and Unexpected Death in Epilepsy. So she had a sudden seizure in her sleep and passed away. And I found myself Um, on the next flight home from Australia in deep shock and deep grief um, trying to navigate her loss and yeah it was just a huge huge shock so um, my yeah my grief was very much um, felt like I was on autopilot for the first couple of months just trying to get everything sorted all of her estate plan the funeral it was quite a lot to do on my own and um, you know that flight back from Australia to the UK is is really long and really difficult as it is. But when you're on your way to sort your mum's funeral out and you're grieving and you're in shock, it was it was pretty horrendous. And that was my introduction to grief. Um, I'll let him tell her story um, before we share how we met. But um, yeah, I was in my early thirties when when mum passed, and I just think you don't expect really to go through a big loss then. And um, I really hadn't thought about grief or prepared myself in any way for it. So it was definitely the start of a very big journey and a very big learning curve. Yeah, huge, absolutely. And like you say, I mean that flight home must have been horrendous like you say it's bad enough just doing that flight isn't it um but doing it knowing what you're going home to um just and on your own I'm assuming you were on your own flying back yeah Mm. yeah I was on my own and just the little things like it's a shock it's such a deep shock when you find out that someone's died Mm. and um I was shocked going from like Sydney weather so it was like really hot 
30 mm. degrees to then like walking off the plane into like a, an English winter little things like that I just wasn't ready for any of it and um mm. and your head scrambled isn't it when you're trying to cope with a loss and your brain's like the brain fog and then trying to even organize like the flights and the logistics and then all of the ele- the elements of what we call dead men you know all of the admin yeah. um it was such a huge challenge and I remember saying to my husband like when I got there I feel like I've got a mountain to climb I don't know where I'm going to start and I only had a month really to sort everything out because she passed away in late November so I needed to I needed to get everything sorted before Christmas before everywhere closed like solicitors estate agents you know so I had a bit of a time limit as well just to add some extra pressure so yeah I look back on that time now and I just think I wow it feels like a dream but also I just don't know how I did it but I think sometimes you're just on you're running on adrenaline right the shock Mm. kind Mm. of almost like propels you through yeah uh, it does because you're right it is like having a mountain to climb and it feels insurmountable doesn't it you kind of go I've got to get to the top of this mountain I have absolutely no path no way forward I haven't got the tools to get there either um and you you can't think you're going to do it but somehow some way you you do don't you you do get the stuff done but the impact it has on you um as, as a person I think it is huge and and long lasting yeah. exhausting you. yeah absolutely exhausting it is exhausting yeah thanks Sal and um, what about your mum so although Sal and I we both lost our mum suddenly we had very different experiences with grief and loss um I had just become a new mum I had a baby girl called Layla And then when she was nine months old, my mum died by suicide and it was a complete shock. I always say this, but she's the last person, excuse me, she's the last person I could have ever imagined doing something like that. Like it just was not even an option ever. And she never um, struggled with any mental health issues prior to it. So, yeah, it was a complete shock. And just pulled the rug from underneath me. Everything just flipped upside down and the world felt very dark. And here I was, a new mum, without my mum, which was frightening. And I called on her so much for support. She was my biggest support person and cheerleader. And I'd be on the phone to her every five minutes going, mum, what do I do? (laughs) You know, she's crying and won't stop. You know, so so many things I needed her there for. So it just felt like a nightmare. That's the best way I can like describe my experience. It felt like my waking life was a nightmare and I just wanted to wake up from like this bad dream and I couldn't because it was my reality now. So, yeah, it was frightening and I feel like people that haven't experienced loss can often have this assumption that like grief is just you feel sad and then, you know, you go to the funeral and people support you for a bit and then you get over it. But my grief was very visceral. It was full of like guilt and anger and all these emotions that I wasn't prepared for. And yeah, it was a really difficult time. Um, Then I think I felt really lonely in my grief, which is where Sal comes into my life. We both felt super alone. And even though we were both really well supported by our friends and family too, grief is really isolating and lonely as I'm sure you can relate, Karen. Um, so we both reached out to a support group online for motherless daughters and went along to a support group in a pub arranged by one of the community members. And 
it was really out of our comfort zone. Like I don't think we ever considered ourselves a support group type of people and we both nearly didn't go at the last minute. We're like, I'm, this is not for me. <laughs> you know, I've got friends and family. But until you're in it, like it's just, yeah, you just don't know and you need someone that you can relate to, right? You need someone that gets it. And so that's mm-hmm. where I met Sal and she turned up late. We didn't even talk to each other like one-on-one on the day. It was just this weird instant connection thing. And I was like, oh, she feels like my kind of person. And we we all went around the table and said how our mums had died. And she had mentioned her mum had died suddenly. She was in her early 30s. Our mums were in their early 60s. And I was like, I need to, you know, reach out to this chick. And then she also left early. So I didn't get an opportunity to chat with her. I'm painting you in a really bad light here, Sal. (laughs) Backdoor Sal. Um, But, yeah, then I just reached out to her on Facebook um, that evening. I just kept thinking about her. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And she actually told me she was thinking about me too. So it was just this really beautiful love story out of these really tragic circumstances. Oh, it's so it's amazing, isn't it? How you know doing something sometimes that you're not quite sure about, you're not sure where it's going to take you. There's and there is a nervousness, you know. I, I have a, a few communities that I hold, and I know people feel a bit apprehensive about joining them because you don't know what to expect, you don't know what's going to go on. But they're often the best thing that you did. Do you, you know just that that facing your fear, stepping out of your comfort zone, and and doing something that feels difficult, just takes you down a path somewhere along the line that, that feels right or introduces you to someone or opens your eyes to a, a possibility or an opportunity somewhere. Just touch on, um, you, you know, you see your mum died by suicide. Um, that That's obviously very layered, isn't it, in, in the grief mm-hmm. world? It, it does add extra layers. And as you say, you go through a lot of those emotions did you feel a lot of those, the, sort of the anger, the resentment, the, all of that towards your mum as well? So you're trying to navigate that or was it more around the, the loss of your mum? It's very multi-layered and very mm. complex. And I think it it kept shifting. So the focus would be sort of at times on me and I felt like I was angry at myself for not doing X, Y, Z that could have saved her and the guilt that I felt for things that I did or didn't do in the lead up. Um, And then I'd feel really angry at my mum. I'd be like, how could you leave me like this? I've just had a baby. How could you leave my granddaughter? Like I couldn't comprehend how she could do that. And then, yeah, it was just, it was just all sorts of like mixed emotions all wrapped up in one. But I found like journaling really helpful with that. So I'd like have an anger journal and a guilt journal and I just dump down all of the thoughts that I'd have swelling around my head. But yeah, it was the the focus of those emotions would shift and change. But um a lot of guilt I put on myself and just mm-hmm. a lot of anger I just felt at the world, how it could yeah. be so unpredictable too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is it is so complex and and so layered and there's so many emotions and trying to work through them all. Um because you know, I'm I know I felt like I was going mad at times and then you add the extra layers, the complexities of of different losses. You know, it's it's a lot, isn't it? And you were a young mum um, had a young child, you know, there's there's certainly a lot. So you guys connected, you met. Um Talk, talk to us a bit about that, Sal. How was that? How did the conversation kind of evolve into 
let's start up a, a podcast? How long was it sort of mm-hmm. since you met and until you decided to do something like that? It all happened quite quickly. We So we met in the June and we just hit it off straight away. We've got quite a lot in common, not only dead mums, but also, you know, lots of life experiences that are quite similar, lots of interests and, and tastes that are similar. But we were just, it felt like having a mirror because like him said, like grief is lonely, but also if you haven't got many peers or people in your life who have experienced loss that you can talk to, you don't know what's going on, right? So for him and I, we would talk about like, do you feel exhausted all the time? Like, do you feel anxious? Like, oh my God, have you got like brain fog? Do you feel like you're really forgetful all of a sudden? And we'd just be like, yes, oh my God, yes. And we were like, talk. we'd talk about grief for hours like it was hours wasn't it in every time we met and we must have sounded like such fun to people who overheard us um but like even things like you know just do you feel like your self-esteem is completely diminished like you don't even know who you are anymore all the things that you might not realize are related to grief or you might just think it's just you him and I would would chat about this stuff and it felt just like really validating Mm. and we were talking about the loneliness and also the fact that particularly here in Australia, there's not really a lot of grief resources or or support, Mm. uh, generally speaking, but then also um, anything that's aimed at a broader audience. And we were were talking about the lack of grief resources here in Australia and talking about what we could do. And we just said, well, if there are other people that are feeling lonely in their grief, and also there's a lack of resources here or anywhere that's really talking about grief in a really candid way, why don't we start the or create a resource that we would want ourselves that we feel is missing? And, you know, Im and I just really craved honest conversations. Mm-hmm. And I remember when mum died, I would listen to podcasts particularly anything I could find about grief. And I know it's the same for you, wasn't it, Im? Mm-hmm. And it felt so reassuring to hear stories of other people. So we were just talking, weren't we, about what we could do. And then we just landed on, well, what about a podcast? <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? Just that whole, let, let's just do it. And, and once you'd had the idea, did you literally just, that was it, you ran with it. Do you kind of just set it all up and, and went for it? Yeah. Yes. My husband went out. We haven't stopped. Yeah. So we bought like, um, as soon as we decided, like my husband went out and bought us the kit and we were like, right. Okay. He's like, we've got the kit now. And, um, and then we just, yeah, we just felt so energized by it. Didn't we? Mm. And, And we just, it just happened so quickly. And then as soon as we launched the momentum just took off and it hasn't really stopped to be honest and we haven't really stopped Mm. um but we both were just so energized by it and we just felt like yes like this is what we want to be doing and helping other people and holding space for other people and talking about this topic that does not get enough airtime Mm. um Mm. and yeah it just it just all came together didn't it it's one of those things that I feel like it was happening to us like yes we had the idea but it was almost like it wasn't an option to not be doing this. It was like, this is what's happening. And it's wild when I think back, it was six months in for me and nine months in for Sal. Like, I do not know how we did that, but I think we just channeled all of our grief and all of our energy into good morning. You know, everything was going into good morning. And I think for me specifically, 
the, there was a lot of darkness surrounding like what happened with my mum and like good morning became this like light focus. Mm. So it pulled me out of a lot of stuff that I needed to kind of get my head out of that it was really all consuming. And Sal will talk to this, but when she first met me, like I was a different person. Like I was just on a loop of all these negative things and good morning really helped me come out of that. And so I think in a lot of ways, like meeting Sal and starting Good Morning, like it was just hugely healing for both of us. But yeah, it was pretty special. And Sal, mm-hmm. the, something I love about her is she's definitely a doer. Like she'll she'll get shit done. So yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> just the two of us are like, let's do it. And then it was done and we're still here years later doing it. And it's just the best thing ever. And I was just going to say, I don't know if you find this as well, Karen, but like the the act of talking and having mm-hmm. these conversations is for us both has been incredibly um, helpful in our grief because we've learned so much. We've connected with other people. Like it's been, I think that it's also been a hugely helpful thing for us, the podcast. I don't know if you feel the same about the work that you do. hundred percent. I just, I, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Because I I don't know if you guys get this from your, your friends and, and family, but I, I get a lot of comments from from my family and, and friends that is kind of, oh, is it healthy? Is it healthy to stay in that world? And is it good for you? It's it's keeping you there. It's going to get you down. You're going to get depressed. And, you know, and you, I just kind of say you've got it completely wrong. It's like therapy. It's like healing. It's about being around people that get it, that inspire me, that validate my feelings. You know, it's as supportive Mm. to me and as helpful to me as it is to everyone that I support and I help because it's not talked about enough. You feel so lonely, so isolated. You feel like you're going completely crazy sometimes. And still now, you know, I'm in a really good place with my grief. I, you know, I, I have a wonderful life, a new partner. The kids are doing great, but there are still times that Simon's loss really impacts me. And I, you know, the thoughts that you have around things and and the way you think about something and, and I have to work through it. And then when you see somebody else sort of coming up behind you almost on, on their journey and, and you can see them going through the process, I don't know, it just, it normalizes things, it validates things and you feel, there's that sense of belonging, I think, when you mm. find people that get it, that understand and generally people don't and and I get it, I didn't, you know, before Simon died and I'm sure for you when, when your mum's died that... I didn't know a thing about grief. I probably was that person that thought, oh, you have the funeral, you feel a bit sad for a, a few months maybe, and, and, and then you kind of get back to normal. But you don't. Like, you have to create a new normal around your, your loss, and mm-hmm. it stays with you forever. But I think what you guys do, it must be like therapy. I mean, the guests that you've had, it is like it is like therapy, isn't it? But listening mm-hmm. to, I mean, you've had um, Julia Samuel, Megan Devine, David Kessler, Edith Eager. I remember <laughs> when you announced you, I was like, oh my God, how are you Edith Eager? You just had Gabby Bernstein <laughs> on, haven't you? Like the people you get on is insane. You must absolutely adore the conversations that you get to have with these people through the podcast. I mean, what an experience. Oh, it's it's crazy. incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. And we feel very privileged and very fortunate that we get to have these conversations with such incredible people. And um, talking to Dr. Edith Eager in particular, that was amazing. Do you want to tell the story, Im? Yeah, well, she was... Um, 
a huge part of my journey around like finding forgiveness. If anyone isn't familiar with Dr. Edith Eager's work, she is absolutely incredible. She's written two books called The Choice and The Gift, and she is a Holocaust survivor. So she was sent to Auschwitz at 16 years old and watched both of her parents get sent into the gas chamber. And I mean, it doesn't get any more horrifying than that. And I came across her work at a pivotal time in my grief where I was going down quite a dark hole and I had no idea what forgiveness was. I was like, I'm not going to forgive people that do wrong to me. Like that's just letting them off the hook. But Dr. Edith Eager talks about what forgiveness really means and it's actually a gift to yourself. It's a gift that you give to yourself so that you don't hold on to these heavy emotions like hatred or rage or things that are really dragging you down in your life, which I was at that time. And so just having that permission to be like, oh, actually I can find forgiveness and move forward with my life. Like I didn't think it was possible, but hearing Dr. Edith Eager's work, I was like, maybe it is. And one of the things that she said, which is incredible, is like, if I can do it, so can you, you know? And I was like, okay, yes, (laughs) I'm going to take that on board. And Sal and I, um, we were doing a bit of a fun Q&A between each other for one of our episodes. And we're like, if who's your dream guest? Like if you could speak to anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be? And Sal said her mum and mine was, of course, my mum, but also Dr. Edith Eager. And she's like, all right, hold my beer. <laughs> and then just went off and did Sal's magic. And next minute we're on a Zoom with Dr. Edith Eager. I was just beside myself. It was incredible. It was just a once in a lifetime opportunity. And she's in her nineties now. Well, she was in her nineties when we spoke to her and it was just unbelievable and a moment that I will never take for granted. It was like, I mean, it was like talking to a piece of history like it felt very surreal like Mm. when we logged on uh, to the zoom and her assistant like was there she was like she's just coming and then so there's this empty chair like (laughs) and then and we were waiting for about five minutes and then she came onto the screen and we were like oh my gosh gosh." (laughs) yeah um yeah it was incredible imposter syndrome was hitting hard throughout that (laughs) conversation I was like yeah we don't this up but it was just amazing it was amazing and she's just incredible and uh it was a once in a lifetime but yeah we've had some pretty pretty incredible you, guests you guys yeah. have you have <laughs> smashed it in the guest department like honestly I was, I was in awe because those books I've read both of those books I always recommend them to that you know yeah. people in, in my groups um I mean the choice it, it mm. you know it's it is I think it's one of the best books I've ever read um mm. it's incredible and her outlook her mindsets her and like she, you just want you, do you, you know like to have a conversation with her would would be gold you, you know and you guys have mm. done it you know and, and I bet you just didn't yeah. want it to end because there's so much that you want to ask somebody like that the wisdom that she carries um and and how much she's been through is is it you know anyone would would kill for some time with her so hats off well done for asking (laughs) Sal because I just think that's brave in itself isn't it (laughs) because like you say the imposter syndrome kicks in and you think oh I can't ask (laughs) (laughs) sounds sounds amazing like yeah I just thought why not and (laughs) um you know, just don't ask, don't get right. So I just thought, give it a go. Work worse. What's the worst that can happen? She doesn't reply, and uh, and I think she wanted to talk to some younger audiences to kind of leave her legacy. So yeah, she said yes, and I'm really glad. It was a privilege to have that hour with her. Yeah, that, that is amazing. That is amazing. 
So, I mean, obviously there's this great energy between you guys and, and you are, are rocking it. You're doing amazing things. But are there times when things, you know, like you, your grief has has shown up in different ways? Um, there, there's been a, a, you know, maybe a difference in how, where you want to take things in terms of the podcast and what you're doing. There's clearly a, a closeness there, but have there been difficulties as well? Because you spend a lot of time together, don't you? And and you do a lot together, which I think is is always challenging. It's always challenging, however well you get on. So are, are there sometimes those sort of pulls on differences between you? I think we're pretty lucky in a sense that we everything that we want to do in terms of like the podcast and the direction that we're taking good morning, we're always really aligned and we have the same vision. Um, I think for us both, like we have learned a lot about ourselves since working together. Mm. Um, I think grief can really peel back the layers, can't it? And it can make you see a lot. It can make you really look inwards and do a lot of reflection. I think for him and I, we have kind of been on that journey together and I think working so closely with each other and also grieving, like, you know, we've kind of, our friendship has grown as our grief has evolved and developed. So we've been there to kind of support each other through, but we've also challenged each other, haven't we, Ian, I'd say, Mm. and we've helped each other, you know, grow and and kind of learn what we need to work on. And um, it's been really good. It's been really good. But there, I mean, I think writing the book for us both was a huge undertaking, wasn't it? Im? Yeah. It was huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we both have very different approaches when it comes to um, how we like to work. Mm-hmm. And I think for for me, I've had to learn like to that not everyone works in the same way as me um and to kind of have more uh, to be more accommodating and kind of you know because I'm as Im said I get shit done I work uh, you know I'm quite a fast worker um but I I've had to learn to sort of adapt my working style because not everyone works in the same way right and um and poor old Im's often like oh my god (laughs) give me a break Sally sends through a whip that's like 10 pages long I'm like mate it's Monday morning I'm grieving no (laughs) it's amazing though but we have like we have had challenges in our working relationship and our friendship but we have worked through all of them and I just want to say like like Sal said our friendship started in the depths of our pain like what a weird way to start a friendship usually like started you know in a great place and then when you go through hardships in life you're there to support each other but we literally showed up for each other we didn't even know each other we're like yep I'll be I'll be sitting in this with you let's do it but we have grown so much like Sal said as people as friends as business partners like we're on this journey together and we're evolving together and I think we have so many things in common, but we are really different people. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of ways we complement each other and that's yeah. why it works. But we have, yeah, there's been times where we're like, okay, I need to give a little here or I need to be a little bit more understanding here and both of our sides. But um, at the end of the day, like I would say Sal's more than a friend, more than a business partner, like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're soul sisters. I love that. <laughs> I love soulmate. Yeah, soulmate. so lovely because you know relationships are are hard work, aren't they? They don't they don't just happen. They work. I think that yeah. they are. They work, and and there is give and take in there. And I think you have to be yeah. open to being challenged. I love being challenged, but it's hard to challenge somebody, isn't it? Because it can be taken as as criticism or judgment. But actually, when somebody yeah. gently challenges you, but it comes from a place of of 
of of love, um, of, of understanding. That's but it helps you challenge yourself as well a little bit doesn't it and go a bit deeper within and think why am I doing that why do I feel that way and Mm. why am I triggered by this behavior and can I learn to to be a bit softer maybe a bit more forgiving a bit more patient whatever it is you need because it helps you I don't know just I think be more compassionate towards other people and how they do things because I remember reading somewhere once one of the the biggest causing of our own suffering as a human being is the expectation that everyone else is the same as you, that everyone else will do things exactly the same way you do it. Everyone else will think the same things you think, want the same things you want. And they don't, even when you're aligned as you two are and you are on the same path, you're going to be coming at it from different angles because you are mm. different people, different experiences, but all that kind of stuff. So I think when you can come together with somebody who is actually quite different and works differently to you, but you complement each other and and support each other through that, and and you don't maybe get defensive when when things are, are challenged a little bit, um, it just helps that relationship grow and strengthen and that's a beautiful beautiful thing and I think that's what I'm seeing you know between you two that there's such a, a connection and you both want it you know you 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 both are, are really willing to do the work yeah. and I think it's hard to find people that are willing to do that in life so hats off oh, to you both I think it's brilliant. definitely definitely sometimes like I feel very grateful for the relationship and him and I it's almost like we're in a, like a, a relationship relationship in a way because like yeah. we work through things together right yeah. you know and it's not often that you have friends yeah. that no. that you can kind of talk to like and work through stuff and like mm. we both I think when we first met we we wouldn't voice uh opinions or like really talk openly about how we feel whereas mm. now we've got better at just mm. being really upfront with each other mm. um and kind of talking Gosh, a that was like, like the hardest thing to learn right mm, like yeah. just sort of right express now? how you're feeling yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. And just sort of it's be really it. open <laughs> yeah. it is yeah. it's hard it's, be, it's hard really hard being completely honest with someone especially if maybe yeah. you are challenging someone in some way or you don't understand something or there seems like there's a disconnect or you're coming at something from a different angle it's so hard it's so hard to be honest and own that and say yeah. it in a way that comes across in the right way um you guys have clearly figured that bit out between you both somehow <laughs> and we're both people pleasers like we were both realized we we're people pleasers and we didn't really know that we're not identified that no. but when we understood that we're like okay so we started like testing the water with boundaries and I think we started with each other mm. and it's like this yeah. doesn't make me feel good and then we'd voice it to the other person like, oh okay sorry like let me shift what I'm doing here like we we really have like learnt about like setting boundaries together and what that means and we're fully like beside each other cheering each other I'm going yes like set that boundary you've got this or mm. if one of us pulls yeah. each, the other person up and says oh that that thing you just said or did makes me feel uncomfortable we'd apologize and be like oh I'm sorry and it's like who yeah mm. it, to have that kind of friendship it's it's amazing and like I'm so grateful totally. like we can just nip things in the bud so quick now because we've learned our communication styles and the way that each other are and what we need so, so, so yeah what, so what impact has that had on your external relationships with people because you two are now you, you know you've got this special bond this closeness you've grown together how has that impacted relationships with other sort of friends family members a- around you well I think yeah I think we've both learned boundaries and um mm. applied them like 
to our broader relationships as well. That's been a really big learning, I think, and a development for us both. And I think just seeing people as they are and accepting people as they mm. are mm. is a big thing mm. that that grief has taught me as well. Im, I know this is a big area for you and you've probably, you've applied a lot of things to your relationships, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. There's been lots of sort of relationship stuff coming up for me lately, but having Sal there to kind of be like, mate, you know, just listen to how you're feeling right now. If something makes you uncomfortable, it's okay to just take some space. Mm. It's okay to like assert that boundary. And we're just sort of there just cheering each other on and kind of validating each other's experiences, which it's hard Mm. to find those people, but Mm. it's, yeah, because grief, as you know, it just impacts relationships in your life. Like it changes family dynamics. Everyone's coping differently. Everyone's, you know, just yeah. got their different grieving styles. So it can really shake things up in in a family dynamic or even with your friendships, like people you expect to show up for you don't show up for you in the ways that you'd hoped. Um, even some people who are really close to you who you expected to be there don't mm. show up and it's really it's a really harsh reality so mm. yeah it's been a huge learning but learning about boundaries has been amazing for us and we just recently mm. um published an episode with Natalie Lou who wrote the joy of saying no it's an incredible book all about boundaries and mm. just listening mm. to yourself and your needs and putting your needs first and it's yeah, it's been one of the biggest learnings about grief but really helpful yeah it is it is really helpful isn't it because mm. it's, it's not something I don't think we're naturally very good at we're not you know good at thinking about ourselves what we actually want what we're prepared to say yes and no to people pleasing you know that is mm. and I think a lot of it's how we're brought up isn't it you know be kind you know do do help others and do you know you're not really taught to think about you and who you are and what your needs are and learning that as, as an adult is hard because you're trying to sort of unlearn everything that you've learned growing up but you've weaved it all beautifully into this book and I think this book is brilliant for so many reasons it's just I think that for starters I think the main part of it and I'm sure this was intentional you could literally pick it up open a page and read something you you wouldn't have to read it from beginning to end and I think that's really important for a griever because at the beginning or, you know, wherever you are really, sometimes it can just, like picking up a book and reading a book can feel impossible, can't it? You haven't got the the, the brain space for it, but it, it's <laughs> just so beautifully presented. It's it's open, it's bright, it's spacious. Do, do you, you know, when you open a book, sometimes you look at it and you think, oh my God, all those words, that feels a bit scary <laughs> and heavy. This, yeah. It's a book about grief, right? But it feels light. And I think that is the magic to it, genuinely. And, you you know, you cover all sorts in here. You you obviously talk about grief. You talk about feeling, and I love what you've written on one of the pages. It's normal to feel lonely in grief, a little or a lot. It's fine if you only have a small support network. It's okay if you have support and still feel lonely. You tackle it from all angles, all dimensions, you, you know, it's it covers everything in here. Mm-hmm. You both give your perspective on it. There's tips, there's other people's experiences and what's helped them. You've got grief tips, advice and guidance, education, journaling prompts. You've got a psychologist that's that's giving tips throughout the book as well in here. I mean, 
how long is this taking you to put together? It's incredible. <laughs> it's like it must be a decade's uh, worth of work. <laughs> about two years. But um, but thank you so much for that incredible feedback because you just articulated exactly what we wanted to achieve with this book. And that was to create something that was light, mm. uh, that talked about grief in a light way, that wasn't heavy, but also an accessible book that you could just pick up and put down. Um, it was easy to digest because like you just mentioned, Karen, sometimes when you're grieving, the last thing that you want is like a heavy book that's full of text. It's really hard. And, and Im and I found a lot of the books that we read when we were um, in the early stages of our grief were very much like uh, quite theoretical. You know, you really had to, to really think about what you were reading. Mm. and it's quite hard to mm. digest so we really mm. wanted to create something that was just so accessible and like you say you can open any page and there's something that you would that you will find that you relate to honestly I, and I'm not just saying this to to blow smoke up your asses because you're sitting in front of me like <laughs> genuinely I think it's one of the best grief books it's it's you know and I've read quite a few but, <laughs> but even, even at the end you've got tips for your support team which like that's rarely kind of put put in a in a grief book and even that's done beautifully you know and I don't know I think how did you figure out how to present it I mean even you, you know you've got the pages with the the speech bubbles in so it's just lovely isn't it that you can just pick it up and just read a few little snippets but it's so helpful and so informative how how did you think of all these things boundaries <laughs> like it's brilliant it's brilliant is it was it just literally you two sitting down and I mean are you quite creative the two of you Yes, we have got a few little creative streaks within our duo. And <laughs> I think we just listen to our community every day. We get DMs every day, hundreds a week. And we just listen to what everyone is talking about. What are the same things that come into our DMs, the same issues, the same topics that get requested. We just, like our community is at the heart of our book and yeah. we very much wanted them to feel like, you know, that was reflected when reading it. And we do call outs on our Instagram. We did lots of sneaky call outs before we even announced what project we were working on. So, um, yeah, we were constantly just asking people questions like on all the different topics. And I think, yeah, we sat down together and we were like, what, what do we want to put in this book? We wanted everything yeah. to go in there. And I think that was one of the hardest things was trying to decide, but like, all right, we've got X amount of pages. How are we going to fit everything into one? But I feel like, we did a pretty good job. We um, did. It was it was such a challenge though because there was so much we wanted to cover. But I think for Im and I, we were like, okay, what was our experience of grief? Mm. What do we feel like wasn't reflected in the books that we accessed? And what are the things that maybe impacted us, are impacting our community, are impacting the people that we know that aren't as widely spoken about? You know, things like grief brain. That you know, it, it is one of the biggest things that we hear from our community that mm. and loneliness and friends dropping away. And we just really wanted it to be a place where uh, a book where people could read it and feel really validated, or even mm. what, we, what we hear from a, our community a lot is thank you for covering this topic. I actually didn't know it was a thing until I just read this, or like, oh my gosh, yeah. 
like I feel like a light bulb has just gone off like mm. thank you mm. and so we wanted to for that the book to feel like that as well for people to read it and be like oh that's a thing like the anxiety oh okay I'm not alone in feeling that way or um boundaries or feeling like exhausted all those things I think it was yeah a combination of kind of of our lived experiences and then listening to people and hearing what are the big things that that, that that people are really struggling with that they feel like just aren't getting any airtime. And what you mentioned before about how the book is structured and how you can just kind of open it and get some information really quickly, um, that was really intentional because of the mm. grief brain, which is a really common thing mm. after loss. And we interviewed a world-leading neurologist, Dr. Lisa Shulman, and it was one of our most popular episodes as well on our podcast um, but yeah, she describes that like grief is like an emotional injury to your brain and the brain actually rewires itself after loss and changes the nerve part, the neural pathways, weakens neuroplasticity and nerve growth. And like, it actually like really changes your brain and people have no idea that that's a thing, you know? And so everyone's feeling like really foggy and forgetful and confused and all of these things and thinking that there's something wrong with them. So they're going to the doctor and they're getting like blood checks and, but it's actually grief, you know, grief actually impacts your brain so much that it's difficult to concentrate. It's difficult to string a sentence together and remember things. Like I kept buying the same packet of cheese every week, not opening it up. I had six packets of the same cheese in my fridge but I just couldn't, like I couldn't, my brain couldn't function. And Sal left the house with two different coloured Birkenstock sandals on as well to walk the dogs. Like it, it gets you. And I think that's one of the biggest things people are like, I didn't know this was a thing. Thank you. I thought I was the only one like going crazy in my mind, which is really common. Yeah, totally. And and for anyone listening who is listening going, oh my gosh, yes, brief brain, that's me. Um, Lisa recommends one of the biggest things that you can do to help yourself to alleviate grief brain is journaling. Mm, and that's yes. um, something that we have incorporated into the book as well, journal prompts yeah. to help guide the guide the reader. But it's it's a fantastic tool if you are feeling a bit foggy. Yeah, I think it, journaling is incredibly powerful. You, you know, I, I get a lot of people in, in, in my groups to use it because I think it helps you make a little bit of sense of what's going on because it's, it, you know, your, your brain is chaotic, isn't it? After loss, mm. you, like you say, you've got, they got the grief brain. You've got so much going on that you're trying to think about, process, understand. And it's, it's just all whirring around up here. And I think if you can get it out onto paper, it just helps free up a little bit of space, create a little bit of clarity, understanding. And it, and, it, and it's a judgment-free zone, isn't it? I think sometimes mm. it's a really good stepping stone from getting it out of your head onto paper and feeling okay about it because you've acknowledged it and you've written it down. And then there's that, the next step is maybe to share it with somebody. Whereas it can feel like too much of a leap, I think sometimes, can't it? Just from this chaos in your head to, to blurting it out to somebody and thinking, Oh God, does that sound really bad? I don't think I can say that. That's, that's awful, but it's not awful. And, and I think, you know, you touch on a lot of the, the thoughts and, and feelings that we have in our grief in this book and like you say the journaling prompts are brilliant and there's little tips in there as well for self-care and anxiety and loneliness it's it's honestly girls I think you should be super proud super proud I'm sure you are super proud of this do people do people ever say to you you know something along the lines of you know this was meant to be or 
you, you know, what a great outcome for you, or you're almost minimizing what you've been through because you've created something so powerful following it that that was that was the reason almost has has anyone ever kind of said something like that to you and how's that made you feel if they have that's a really good question um I don't know if anyone has said anything like that to me not recently I think people do say um oh, you know, it's a silver lining for you guys that you met each other. And I think, you know, it is, we are really lucky that we did meet each other and we have had that support. But also it doesn't take away the fact that we went through something really hard and our mums aren't here and, you know, that we're grieving. So I think we're always very careful um, with any sort of like, uh, can you call it toxic positivity? Is that, you know, that sort of, Mm. that that kind of um stuff would you say im i think um that's like something yeah. that we might get a little bit but i think so i don't think anyone's ever really said that to me either which is good mm. yeah because they probably read the book <laughs> no not to say those sorts of things but yeah on the other hand like without going too woo woo like sal and i do really feel like our mums brought us together as well. And we do feel mm-hmm. like they're, you know, they've got a hand in all of this and yeah. creating good morning and creating the book. Like we, we feel like is their legacy in yeah. a way, in a sense. So that yeah. we, we love that. And that helps us, you know, keep moving forward thinking about that. And we find that thought really comforting. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's okay if we tell ourselves that, but I think if other people come and be like, well, you know, everything yeah. happens for a reason, we're like, well, actually yeah. no. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's good to, to hear because, you know, I know a lot of people do hear those types of things said to them and, mm-hmm. and it can be really difficult. We, we all approach our belief systems are grief in different ways. And, and some people, you know, go on to do amazing things like, like you've done. Um, and, and then others will look at that and think, well, I've got to do something like that. And, you yeah. know, I've got to turn my pain into purpose and create this amazing meaning out of it. And, and, you know, and, and I think people look at people like you or myself that really have created something powerful. I think after you've, you've lost someone, but, that, that's not the only way of of processing your grief and giving back and helping and, and finding meaning is it and and I'm always really keen to 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 stress that I think because you know I do speak to people that you know you you go on to Instagram podcasts all that kind of good stuff and you see people doing amazing things and there's almost an element of I've got to do that I've got to do something amazing afterwards because that's what everyone else is doing but actually they're not are they you know a lot of people really aren't turning their pain into purpose in the grief world they're they're doing many other different things with their life and and that's okay too right Absolutely. And we say this, we're on the same page as you and we say this a lot. You absolutely do not have to make anything from your grief other than simply survive. Mm. And yeah, it's, um, I think we, people can put pressure on themselves to try and make meaning from loss or turn their pain into, into something. And you absolutely do not have to do that. So Mm. yeah, it's really important to take any pressure off yourself to feel like you've got to create something but then equally if you do want to do something go for it you you know (laughs) you can but yeah I think I think it's really important to 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 stress that so I mean I could sit here chatting to you guys for ages I think you're absolutely brilliant (laughs) but just I guess 
what's next? What are you planning next? Are you planning anything next or are you just taking a bit of a breather? <laughs> oh, never a breather, Karen. No, yeah. right. <laughs> Not with Sal. Not with Sal. Know, yeah. <laughs> Global domination next. No, I'm joking. Um, uh, we, yeah, we've got quite a few things in the pipeline, actually. But one thing that we're working on at the moment is a course with um, a grief expert and psychotherapist called Megan Reardon Jarvis. Um, I don't know if you, you're familiar with her, um, Karen, but she is, um, yeah, she's worked in the grief and trauma space for about 20 years. She's incredible. Um, so we're launching a course with her. Um, so more details to come on that. But yeah, we're looking at, at courses and other ways that we can serve um, serve people by providing more grief education. So watch this space. We've got a couple of events coming up, haven't we, in, um, mainly in Sydney. But yeah, a couple of things on the horizon. And also having a break, hopefully. Im's hoping when, anyway. When's, when's that happening? <laughs> I can't see that in the in the near future, but no. That's not exciting. in the whip. No. <laughs> That's not in the whip. <laughs> but, I mean, do you guys do you work? Do you have your jobs outside of Good Morning? Yeah, a bit of a yeah, a bit of a mix. We're both freelance, don't we, Im? So um I, my my career, my background is in public relations and communications. So I do some freelancing and consulting for that. Um, and then Im does like consulting on uh, content and social media. But I did. I definitely like left my career after my mum died. I was working in TV production, and then even just having a baby, I'm like, I can't go back into those 16 hour days. But yeah. Good Morning took my life in a whole new direction. So it's definitely my main focus now. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the main focus for both of us. And then we sort of yeah. do, we plug some gaps on the Little side, on the side. <laughs> with some freelance stuff. But but our, our goal and our dream is to, to make Good Morning our, our only sort of full-time thing. And we're, we're, yeah. we're chipping, chipping away at it, aren't we? Yes, yeah. You're doing amazing. Honestly, yeah. I think the, the work you do is incredible. And obviously the skills you've got from your 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 roles or jobs from you know before have really complemented what you do now um and, and and allowed you to to really get all of this out there helping people supporting people and, and you do it so beautifully and the connection between you both is wonderful and if the only thing anyone does today um is order that book it'll be the best thing you've done I think it's oh, it, it's a credit you. to you it really is I just Anyone, anyone, just, you know, I think, and it, you know, it is about grief in general, but you do cover all the different losses in there and speak to people that have have lost life partners, children, parents, siblings, grandparents, friends, it's it's all in there. And, and, you know, as much as, you know, I support widows, widows have had other losses in life as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, sometimes dealing with, with multiple losses is, is really hard and everything's mm-hmm. touched in this book. So thank you for bringing it into the world and and thank you so much for coming and talking to me today it's been such an honor and a privilege i really appreciate you both and and hopefully we will meet again at some point so thank you girls thank you so much thank you karen it's been an absolute treat and it's so nice to finally like see your face after being connected on socials for so long but thanks for having us on your pod thank you so much karen it's been absolutely lovely and we really appreciate your support and having us on (laughs) thanks girls thank you so much for listening to the widow podcast with me karen sutton 
If you would like to be part of a supportive community of people who understand your grief, come and join my free Facebook group, Widowed and Rising. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of The Widow Podcast. <laughs>